I am your host, as always, Cody Owen, sitting down with our wonderful co-host, Robert Chapa. We are ready to talk to you today about making flyers for your lawn care business. And what I would tell you right at the outset is, even if you don't want to DIY your flyers, you want to pay someone to do it, whether it's on Fiverr or a local print shop, the reason this is going to be so important for you to know is so that you can evaluate what they're showing you. You're not trusting them to do a good job or to know how to do their job because, you know, we've all worked with local print shops that were just some random kids who could show up on time and only sort of get high on the job. So we want to, we want to make sure that we know what they should look like so that we can end up with a quality product. And Robert has helped put together this great outline. We put together some mock-ups that you can see in our main YouTube channel about this, but we're just going to kind of be chopping it up today about what a good flyer should look like. So Robert, thanks for hopping on with me. Hey, thanks, Cody. I um, I mean, same like with yeah. emails. I like making flyers. It's a lot of fun. And it's just really interesting what goes into making a good flyer and what goes into making a bad one. Yes, because you can <laughs> definitely. Because you them on purpose. So let's talk about, you know, what does a good flyer look like? Obviously, we mm -hmm. need to know who you are. We need a logo. They need to be able to contact you, phone number, website, your services or service that you're um, advertising. And as with everything, you have to have a call to action to make them do something. Yeah. The thing I would remind people about the logo is even if, you know, like your logo is a tree or it's a dog that's your mascot, whatever it is, make sure the business name is attached to it kind of, you know, like very obviously you've got your logo that's like the symbol and then you've got the name of the company right there um, includes your name very prominently, then you don't need to worry about that. But sometimes it's easy to get kind of stuck in the weeds of like, well, I know what this symbol means. So, you know, you don't even think about it, but it's important that people know the name of the business so they can Google you or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes you, like you mentioned with the dog, sometimes you just see a dog on the bottom of a flyer and you're kind of like, I don't understand. <laughs> who, um, who is this? <laughs> Who's this dog? <laughs> he wants to mow my lawn. Um, we're going to go a little bit deeper into what makes something look good. But I first like to want to talk about is what makes some flyer look bad. Let's talk about what makes a flyer just terrible. Mm -hmm. First, it's having way too many things on the flyer. Like the first rule of design is basically keeping it as simple as possible while getting your message across. Sometimes you see flyers where they think they're getting a bang for their buck by putting absolutely everything on there, but you're actually missing out on basically everyone. Yeah, it's and that like penny, penny wise, dollar foolish attitude of like, well, we did a bigger print run so we can use it multiple times. But if it hurts your response rate, then you didn't actually save any money. You just screwed yourself over. Exactly. And another thing in design too, which is really important if you're hiring this out to like Fiverr or wherever is let's say you have somebody making a um, door hanger for you. And I learned this firsthand where if they're not keeping into consideration that a hole is going to be cut out and, and needs <laughs> to go on the door, they may put some vital piece. It may be a picture of your face that they cut out, or mm -hmm. it could be your website cut out. And if they don't keep that in mind, then when they send you the product and then you go out to print it because you didn't think about this either. And then these printing people, they're, they're printing thousands of flyers every day. So yeah. they're, they're just letting, like Cody said, he's just getting high on the job. He's going to let it go through. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about 
some like th- some of the technical nitty gritty here. Um, when you're giving your logo, any graphics or anything, anything that's been designed, if you're giving that to another designer to work on your flyer, you want to make sure that it is in a scalable format. So this is not like a picture of you. This is maybe uh, the graphic of your mascot or the logo, all of that stuff. A scalable format usually is going to be like a PNG. So you want to look for that .png file in whatever your other graphic designer sent you to hand off to the the designer who's working on the flyer. If you send them a non-scalable format, like a JPEG or something like that, I know this is like, we're, we're kind of off in the weeds here, but it's so, so important because you send them a JPEG and they scale it up to be on the, the flyer, how they want They're If they're, you know, worth their salt at all, they're going to tell you like, Hey, this is the wrong format. But if it's someone who's cheaper and they're trying to, you know, move quickly, they're just going to blow it up and it's going to end up looking super grainy and bad. So you want to look for that .png or like maybe an illustrator file or something like that, that you could hand off to a designer. Just make sure that whatever you're giving them is something that is scalable so that when they blow it up, it doesn't, you know, look all pixelated and crappy. Cause if I get a flyer in my mailbox and it's all pixelated like that, I'm not even going to read it. I'm going to throw it away immediately. Let's talk about what you absolutely have to include on a flyer. The big thing that I would tell you here is you need to have a singular call to action. So what a lot of guys are doing now is just having a QR code and their web address printed on the flyer so that if for whatever reason, you know, you've given it to someone who doesn't know how QR codes work, work, they can hit your website, but you want that QR code to drop them like on a quote page that lets them take the next tiny bit of action you're asking them for. Now, what that means is that I don't want your phone number your email address, your uh, cell phone number, and your website on there, right? We want to direct people to one course of action because if you have a bunch of competing things there, it's just kind of like, how do I contact these people? What's my preferred method? And then you just don't do it. We don't want there to be any friction. We want there to be an obvious course of action that you're telling them to take. So we want to have name, logo, website, a specific CTA, If you're going to have a special offer, let's have that on there as well. But in general, you want to keep it as simple as possible, just like Robert was saying at the top of the episode. I want to ask you, Cody, okay, let's say a business owner, they get their flyer back and and they're thinking, I don't know if this is actually good. You can ask your friend, you can ask a family. That's also a good decision. Send it to people around you and be like, hey, honest question. I paid money for this. Tell me if it's good or mm-hmm. at least decent, but what would you look out for as I know you want to have that single action of, of a CTA, but I guess design wise, what kind of things should they keep in mind? So they know how to spot it. Like, okay, this isn't, this doesn't cut it. The first thing I would tell you is you can email it to us. We'll tell you what we think of it. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. and we're, we're not shy about that. Email it to me, Cody at lightspeedsocialagency.com. I'll tell you, I'll rip it apart. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. I promise. Um, But yeah, so the big thing here is Robert was already talking about you're listing every single service you've ever provided to anyone. And it's just confusing. Like, why are you talking to me about snow plowing in April? I would watch out for fonts that you've seen a million times that are not simple. So like the papyrus font, if you see that, like that's garbage, throw it away. Um, If a designer hands you something with the papyrus font on it, 
do not give them money. Uh, uh, so look for like Comic Sans is another font. That's the one that has kind of the knobs instead of serifs. Serifs are the like points that come off of a font. Uh, like lines, like Times New Roman is a really good example of a, a font that you would recognize that has serifs. So Comic Sans, instead of like the pointed serifs, has like little knobbies on almost like like a little girl drawing in her journal might like dot the letters or something. Don't use that. Nothing like you want it to look professional. And I know that that is a hard thing to quantify because sometimes, you know, I'll see a thing that a company has printed and I'll be like, man, that does not look professional at all. But like, obviously somebody felt like it did. So we've got some really good examples that our team worked on some mock-ups in our YouTube video. It will be linked in the description here, but the big thing is just like bad design is hard to quantify. Maybe reach out to someone, you know, who you feel like has solid taste um, and, and ask them what they think about it. Does this look too busy? Ask those kinds of questions. Does this look too busy? If you saw this, what would you think you were supposed to do with it? Those are good questions to ask that tell you what's drawing people's attention. If, if you show someone a flyer and you want them to go to your website and fill out a quote form and they look at it and they go, I don't know, am I supposed to call? Then like that tells you like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have the phone number on here if I want them to come through the website. No clear CTA is the next thing we have in our outline here. That is, you know, if someone looks at the, your flyer and they have no idea what they're supposed to do next, if they want to do business with you, that's a real problem. So we want to have a clear call to action. We've been saying CTA this whole time, but that means call to action that tells people, you know, get a quote today. If you have an offer, it should be in the CTA. Save 20% off your first mo by signing up today. That sort of thing. And then, man, how do you know if a flyer is too busy? Robert, what do you think? I think you touched on a lot of great points there. You, you, in most, almost 99% of cases, you don't want cursive mm -hmm. on there. It's cursive is hard to read and people don't teach cursive in school anymore. Those are the big things. Uh, and I think what you mentioned, Cody, is a, is, a, is a really good place to start. And and for those people out there who want to actually make their own, say, hey, I want to take a whack at it or, you know, I think I have some design skill. I'd say for you, if you're looking for a place to start, you know, don't worry about Adobe and all these things. These are mm -hmm. very complicated. I would just go straight to Canva. Yeah. Okay. I even I'd even suggest Canva Pro, ten dollars or twelve dollars a month. It's very good, and you only yeah. need it for the month or whatever you're using it for. Mm. And even on there, you can they have templates. You can literally type in flyer, and so it already gives you a template. You can probably even type in lawn flyer. It might give you a yeah. template. To there are definitely that, lawn care flyer templates in Canva. Yeah, and then it already has that design element involved, and so you're just having to swap out whatever pictures you have. You want to have some nice organic pictures. Cody talks about this in the YouTube, but you, if you can avoid using stock photos, do so at every opportunity. Yeah. But if you have to, I understand. Outside of that, try to use your own photos. If you have some ones with like you on the mower or a nice lawn you cut, it, it's obvious. People, you can just. Anybody can tell what an organic photo looks like. So get one of those. It's also a good idea to have a picture of yourself on the flyer. That looks professional as well. And it kind of uh, makes somebody weird, like make eye contact with you on the photo. And it, it already brings a personal touch to your business. And so like, hey, this is who I'm working with. And mm -hmm. so it makes people feel comfortable right away. So I'd say start with Canva. And I think you can, you'll have a lot of luck with that. But still, 
if you're doing like a door hanger, after you make it in Canva, throw it into like a platform such as Vistaprint. And there you can also see like what area will be cut out. And then so you don't have like a big crucial area cut out of your door hanger. Yeah, definitely. The thing I would tell you, if you are having them printed with Vistaprint or wherever you're using to do, like if you're doing a doorknob cutout, make sure that even though Vistaprint is going to show you the cutout, fill that area with color rather than having it be white dead space because their cutout is not going to be perfectly aligned with what they show you. So you want to make sure that you kind of have like a 10% margin there to cover it. So make sure that it's filled and not a, you know, white circle or whatever. And let's talk about when we should put our flyers out. So if we're talking about right now, let's say, okay, in this moment, we probably should have put flyers out about uh, maybe two or three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. But even if you have it, you can still do it. It's still something worth doing at this moment, literally get off, turn this podcast off. Go no, no, no. Keep listening. We, we need the, the stats. <laughs> okay. Keep listening, please. Keep listening, okay. but start printing right now. And yeah, Cody, right. About two, about two weeks ago would have been two or three weeks ago would have been the perfect time for a spring. Yeah. What I would tell you is think about when you want to start the service, then you want to be selling it for a week before that. And then that means you need to have made the flyers probably two or three weeks before that to get them back from the printer in time to be distributing right before that week that you want to be on the phone selling it or getting the quotes in from the website. So, but do this for any big service in your business. So if in the summer you're going to start setting up for what you've got coming in the fall, you know, be thinking about your fall services and when you need to sell them so that you can have flyers locked and loaded to be distributed. Um, I know a lot of guys just go out on foot and distribute flyers. You know, maybe you've got a couple of employees, maybe you can hire a couple of high school kids for, you know, pay them a hundred bucks for the day or whatever, and tell them, you know, don't come back till all these flyers are gone. This is the neighborhood. Go hit it. You want to get out there and get on every door. Or we talked to Naylor about this, not that long ago, putting them in the like newspaper slot uh, below the mailbox never touch a mailbox or mess around with it. Lots of people get away with it. I don't ever want someone who listens to our podcast to be the person who's somehow in trouble with the postal services, law enforcement division. Uh, So you want to distribute those. Your sneaker network is going to be a fantastic way to do it. If you want to break out into the, you know, doing every door direct mail, you can, the, the tool that the post office has for that lets you see the exact route that you're going to be distributing on, you know, just try to make sure that you're comfortable with the amount of wastage that's going to be there because those routes are almost inevitably going to end in a 400 unit apartment complex. So just look for that, look for any filters that they let you provide to kind of get around that and, and make sure that you're comfortable with the investment that you're making um, even with some wastage on there. And Cody, I, I know there are some landscapers listening right now, people who only like focus on landscaping. And so when, when is the ideal time for them or what kind of strategy should they take with uh, putting flyers out? Yeah, I would think about it in terms of campaigns. So you can plan on like, Hey, we know that people are going to care about what their backyard looks like at the ideal time to be using their backyard. So you want to hit them right as it starts to warm up with like, 
damn, your backyard sucks, doesn't it? You don't want to hang out out there. And then that's when you want to hit them. So right as it starts to warm up, uh, you know, it's kind of like becoming ideal time to do that. And then right on through the summer, you want to be hitting them and then considering whether you want to start stopping in the early fall as things cool down and people are using their outdoor spaces less, it becomes harder to sell. That's kind of when you want to make the transition to fire pits and things like that. If you do that kind of install, but use the same system that I'm talking about here. So if you guys know from previous years, you know, we install paper patios in this window. This is the best time to sell this for us. This is when we get our most calls about it. Then you want to time your flyers in conjunction with that to drive more calls. And you can also think about it like, hey, if this is when people are organically calling, maybe we want to do flyers a little bit after that mm -hmm. so that we catch the people who thought about it and didn't pull the trigger. We can get some flyers in front of them. And this leads to one of our other points that a lot of times it is best to choose a few neighborhoods and get in front of them with flyers two to three times instead of hitting a bunch of neighborhoods once go for a couple of repeat touches in quality neighborhoods. So maybe cut, look at your list of neighborhood targets that you want to hit and cut the bottom, you know, half so that you can hit that top half more. Yeah. And you, and you covered distribution as well, Cody, you know, getting out there sneaker. What'd you say? <laughs> sneaker network. Sneaker network. <laughs> I like that, man. And another big thing with flyers and the great thing about flyers too is you can track how they're performing and seeing what's converting versus like a billboard. Yeah. So you could do like, you could do a Google voice number uh, or a specific number that goes to your virtual assistant where either it's going straight to the virtual assistant and they've provided you with a separate number so that you know, hey, anyone that calls into this service is coming from uh, the flyers. Or you can do a like Google voice number and have it forwarded, but you'll know every call that comes through that forwarding service is coming from the flyers. The thing I would lean on here is doing like an offer code, you know, mention da 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 to, to take advantage of this offer. So whatever your spring offer is, you know, mention code C spot run to get your, to claim your 20% offer. And then you'll know, every single person that calls in that uses that came in from the flyer. And some people might forget or whatever and not take advantage of the offer. And that's fine. But you yeah. want to know, hey, did this flyer work? And should we use it again? And so having some way to track how people heard about you is a great way to do that. Some guys will get even more fancy with it. I know this was like really big in the glory days of EDDM, where they would be sending out, you know, 20, 40,000 flyers. So they would actually like split test their flyers and have them compete against each other and see which one performed better using a specific offer code for each design of the flyer. And let's say using a QR code, which um, is becoming more popular with that, you can have it um, go to a separate landing page. It can just be a duplicate landing page. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, just duplicate landing page yeah. that you know on your end that they came in from that QR code. And that's very simple to do. Yeah. What I would even say is have a, a like middle link. Like you, anyone can do use the URL shortening service bitly bit.ly. Um, you can actually then see, so you give that bitly link to the QR code generator, and then, you know, every single person who came through that bitly link came from the QR code. 
Oh, nice, dude. I didn't think about that. So, and making a Bitly account is completely free. The The link exists forever, so you can continue to use it on your flyers. But that will make it where you know, hey, every single click that came through this, you can use the same landing page used for all your quotes if you need to. Um, that makes it where, you know, if you don't manage your own website, you don't have to reach out and have somebody make a landing page for you and all of that. You can just track it all through the URL shortener. Cody, I just learned something new. Awesome. <laughs> That's why we do the show, man. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Before we uh, get going, Cody, do you have anything else you want to mention on flyers? Nah, man. I think that we've kind of we've kind of given you a lot to work with. If you uh, if you have any questions, you know, as always, you can reach out in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube, if you are uh, listening to the podcast wherever you get podcasts, then make sure to leave a rating and a review. And you can always reach out to us via email. Cody at lightspeedsocialagency.com. And I would be happy to address your question on the air. Just put the uh, put podcast question in the subject line. So they'll uh, where you came from. Clutch. And we like answering questions. That's a lot of fun. And it makes it a, you know, it's a small community, but it's a big one at the same time. So absolutely, guys, thank you for listening. Check out the YouTube video below. And remember to grow your business at Lightspeed.